Hi, I'm Natalia. I'm Gen Z. I'm Molly, a millennial. This is Arnisha, Generation X. And I'm Micah, the boomer. And, and we, we are Dame, Dame Talk. Talk. Four women, four generations, four unique points of view. Hi, this is Dame Micah, and today we're going to talk about what you can do during COVID-19 to get ready for the job market. Right now, we have probably about four different groups of folks looking for jobs. We've got people that were already looking before the pandemic, and we've got people who got laid off because of it. And then there are people who just want to change, and they're looking for a new job. And then there's the kind of last category, which are people who are furloughed. So they're in limbo and they're not quite sure if they are going to have a job when this is over or if they're going to be laid off. So they're also probably considering what's their next move look like. We thought it'd be great for us to have Steve Reinhardt as a guest talking to us about some of the strategies we can use during this time to prepare ourselves for the job market or to continue to be part of the job market. And Steve's experience is uh, one, he has been in this situation where he's been looking for a job and he has actually coached me several times um, and has had such great insights that I knew he'd be the perfect guest for this particular topic. Currently, uh, Steve is the SB SVP of Customer Experience and Marketplace Development at Amava. And he also does outplacement coaching for an organization called ICO, ICEO. And I think that combined experience as well as all his prior experience give him, gives him the opportunity to, to share his insights and expertise. And just so you know, Steve and I met at um, the Modern Elder Academy in Baja, Mexico. Um, thank you, Chip Conley. And we just really connected around our shared experience of uh, being in the uh, over 50 and looking for work, um, having a lot of experience and just trying to find our way um, in, the, in the workplace. And um, we have continued to be friends and I just appreciate having him on this episode with us. So Steve, could you just talk a little bit about what you're currently doing and give a little bit more context around your Yeah, uh, and I consider myself very lucky to have met uh, Mika at Modern Elder Academy and, and consider her a dear friend. Um, right now, I am uh, basically doing two things. As, as Mika kind of mentioned, I work for a large uh, uh, um, a uh, professional services firm that does uh, a few different things. They do talent development for large corporations, and then they have a separate business called ICEO, and that stands for Center for Executive Options. And typically when large companies um, will either, uh, when a, an executive gets reorged or, um, you know, chooses to leave on their own, you know, quite often big companies will give an executive package, a package to, um, you know, that includes our firm services. And what we basically do is kind of help them figure out kind of what their next is. What's their next chapter? Some of the folks that I work with want to go and replicate, you know, the exact job that they're currently working in. 
Um, some of the folks that I work with uh, want to go and work in what I often call adjacent categories. Uh, and then there's a third bucket of people that really just, you know, they're kind of done, but they still they, they want to still be engaged um, in, in um, the workforce in some capacity. And that usually includes uh, doing board work, um, sometimes doing volunteer work or working uh, with startups. So uh, I have about eight clients that I work with a week, and I have fabulous resources at LHH to kind of help them, I think, do three things. One is to uh, kind of provide them with a roadmap of how our process works overall. Um, the second thing is uh, we have tremendous resources for them to help them build out their their brand and their resume and their bio and their marketing plan. And even we have subject matter experts to help them uh, get on boards and things like that. So I kind of sit in the middle and act like a quarterback uh, and help um, kind of direct the uh, person's kind of overall goals and strategies and, and then move forward. And I think that's kind of where we're going to go today, which is, you know, uh, move forward in actually the process of um, looking for um, you know, what the next, uh, you know, chapter in their work life looks like. Right. So knowing, you know, kind of you started doing this before the pandemic. Now we're in the midst of it. Um, what do you think? And, and I mean, you're obviously it's like looking through your crystal ball. What, what have you seen that's changed about job searching now that we're in this pandemic and, um, and, and the dynamics around, you know, this shift, yeah. major shift in everybody's yeah. life, you know? I think, uh, I think there's two or three things to think about. Um, one is um, it really depends on what sector or industry that you're working in. Um, as you guys know, um, there are some sectors that are booming uh, as a result of this, uh, and some sectors are really, really struggling. So the advice that I try to give my clients that, uh, you know, if you are in a kind of a booming sector, then you should go after a job that kind of looks like your last job. In this economy, people are less um, I think generally less open to, to job switchers or, you know, what, what I might call somebody looking for, uh, you know, a role that, you know, on the surface doesn't look the same, but the skill sets are still appropriate. They're less willing to kind of take a chance. They want people that have operating experience. You know, let's say that you're a home, you know, um, a, a, an e-commerce retailer in, in apparel, um, you know, they may consider you if you have e-commerce experience in another category, but boy, they'd love to have another e-commerce person in apparel. Um, and the third thing, I guess, you know, I think, you know, that, that I'm noticing is that it isn't, in fact, all gloom and doom. Um, the fact that people are uh, working at home and managing their own schedules and spending a lot less time in, you know, time-sucking meetings that if you are sensitive and, um, you know, approach people in the right way, that people are really, really open to networking right now um, and open to having, you know, 15 or 20 minute conversations with you about 
questions you might have about their industry or their company or specific role? So I'm just going to throw it out to Arnisha as um, another dame that's also in the job market. Have you found any changes in your, you know, kind of search and what you've been doing? Um, to some to some extent, I have. Um, I right before the right before COVID hit, I was in the process of interviewing for a, a couple of positions and those positions, one of them just completely, and I just went away. I haven't heard anything from the, from the person. Um, the, the other one just was kind of put on hold until the new normal sets in, which they, they've actually been out of the office and they'll be returning in June, supposedly. Um, but because of that and because of what I had been hearing, I slowed down my search efforts. I just started picking up my search efforts again in this past yeah. week. Um, just because I had heard, you know, that companies just really weren't bringing people in. And then I spoke with a friend that was a former recruiter, and she mentioned that she heard that companies were starting to interview again, obviously all virtual, but they were starting to interview because they're preparing for reopening. So in the past week, um, I've begun networking again, and I've also begun looking, you know, looking to see what opportunities are out Yeah, there. I think that's really smart. Um, you know, one, one little anecdote that I use with my clients is, is it's, uh, it's time to be Johnny Appleseed, not an elephant hunter. And by that, I mean, um, you know, this is the time to be kind of doing a lot of network, planting a lot of seeds you know, nurturing those seeds and watering them and continuing to reach out to those people, you know, in your network that have access to companies or categories that you might want to be working in. So, you know, uh, that's not to say I actually had a client last week that, quote unquote, bagged an elephant. He just happened to get lucky and, um, you know, find something on, uh, you know, LinkedIn that was quite interesting. And, he landed a job in um, in 30 days, but it was in a very hot sector, um, sector called FinTech. And he had a lot of background in that category. So he wasn't trying to kind of switch industries. So I think it's, you know, I think that's, you know, part of the considerations, as I mentioned before, it's like, what categories are you in uh, or, or do you have expertise in? And then, you know, um, trying to kind of stay close into those categories if, 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 you're, if, if that's something that, you know, hopefully interests you. But if not, it's the time to, you know, really start working on your network, reactivating your network, um, you know, and starting to look at, you know, I think, and then I'll stop rambling here, but I think the biggest mistake that people make um, in a job search is that they don't put together a marketing plan for themselves. And by that, I mean, they don't really think about their positioning and special yeah. sauce. They don't go through the process of identifying, you know, the top 20 companies they want to work for and then look through their LinkedIn network and look for contacts. Um, you know, and the biggest, <laughs> my biggest challenge with my clients, even though they're senior and C-level clients, that LinkedIn is very, very, um, very sneaky. And so is Indeed and very attractive, right? You get all of these quote unquote jobs delivered to your email, email box. 
And, you know, the reality of this situation is, you know, anywhere between 20 and 50% of those jobs may just be fishing or there might not even be a job or the employer may just be listing them for legal reasons. And I'm really, really a big fan of LinkedIn, but I'm a fan of it from a, a networking perspective and less from a job hunting perspective. And the last thing that I'll say is um, when I start working with clients, the percentage of their time spent on online job boards is usually around uh, 70%. And then the other 30% is around what I would call prospecting against the companies that they really want to work for. And I pretty much every day that I meet with them, I, I really emphasize time management and make sure that those proportions are inverted. In other words, that 70% of their time is spent on their marketing plan and who they want to target as opposed to just catching fly balls from LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think I've, the things I've read have, um, you know, confirmed what you're saying is spend less time on these job boards and more time networking and having a plan around what that yeah. networking looks like. You know, how many hours a day are you going to do it and who are you going to, you know, actually think about it as opposed to just. Yeah, kind of letting I think that's happen. right on um, target. And, and I think that even taking it down to another level. Literally, you know, I, I know uh, Mika has a lot of marketing background, but literally treating yourself as a product and thinking about your positioning and your special sauce and, uh, you know, literally an Excel spreadsheet that has, okay, these are the three industries that I think have transferable skills um, to, to what I've done. And here are the top, top, you know, 10 companies that I'm interested in those three sectors. And then you go use LinkedIn for what it's really good for, which was identifying, you know, people in your network or people that know people in your network in those companies. So, yeah, and Molly also has, well, Molly and Arnisha, interestingly enough, we all have marketing backgrounds. Molly, I know you're in development now. And, you know, when you were kind of looking at mm -hmm. marketing versus development or where am I going to move to, was that something you looked at doing, doing your own like marketing plan for your uh, next career move? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, about a marketing plan for myself. No, I have to admit, I did not do that. <laughs> and I think looking back on it, um, it's such, it's such a, I, th I mean, I think I thought about it a little bit. Um, at some point, I think when I first moved to New York City and I was first looking for a job, I went to a workshop on kind of building your own brand, building your personal brand. And um, I think at the time, I didn't quite get it so much. Um, and now as I've gone on further into my career and I've had different roles, I'm, I understand that more. And so the idea of actually taking that and really intentionally planning it out of like, what are those mm -hmm. companies that you are really looking for? Um, you know, what is that special sauce that you have? And then, you know, building in that time, as Micah, as you said, of, you know, really, um, you know, how many hours a day are you going to spend? And then, you know, using yeah, LinkedIn and the other tools that we have yeah. to really be um, thoughtful, well, it's thoughtful funny. about it's that. So I have to admit, I, I haven't done that, but it sounds like great advice. <laughs> Oddly enough, we're the people that understand the value of this better than anyone else. But I have to tell you, it's consistently my marketing people who are the worst at it. 
I totally, it's like you, you it's like you can do something for someone else but when you have to do it for yourself it just becomes more of a challenge and you I feel like you get these mind blocks you know and you can't think about how you're special but you can certainly think about how a product is special and yep. right. that product and yeah it, should it really should thing, I you mean, know thinking about you know your special sauce hmm. in, a, in, in, in a in a light of you know what are you going to bring to the party that um, given your years of experience, how you synthesize that, you know, your skill set and your background and your drive. Um, and, you know, one thing out that you guys, I think, may we're thinking about getting into this, but I'll just tell you in advance is, you know, the other piece of advice that I'm really, really um, focused on with all of my clients. Um, and, and this is, you know, kind of an age thing, which is most of my clients are 50 plus. And um, uh, as you all know, uh, you know, different forms of ageism are more overt than others. Uh, I live out here in uh, 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 Northern California around Silicon Valley. Yeah. So I guess, you know, at this kind of in, you know, in this uh, in these unusual times, I think, you know, um, as I said, you know, really having a, a, a dedicated marketing plan and allocating the right amount of time each week to your search. And that doesn't mean 40 hours a week. It means, you know, 20 to 25 hours because no one can do that 40 hours a week. But as I said, I think I mentioned earlier, this is really a time for planting seeds that you're going to kind of harvest and grow um, later on in your search. And I have noticed that people, all of my clients are having a great deal of success uh, doing networking that is going to pay off you know, shortly here um, down the road. Um, the one thing that I do think, um, since most of my clients are over 50 years old and they're uh, mostly, you know, SVP or C-level people, um, so, you know, higher salary folks, um, you know, the one piece of advice and, and also, you know, uh, the one piece of advice that I'm really emphasizing is that um, to, to play into your strengths. Um, this is an unusual time for everyone. And um, many of my clients have been through multiple downturns in markets, maybe none this severe, um, but but they have survived and thrived through those markets. And, and they've done that with a great sense of, you know, leadership and agility and flexibility. And so I really, I think by emphasizing those kinds of things, you're really addressing two things head on. You're addressing the idea that someone might be thinking about you. Well, you're over 50. I wonder if this person can flex and change. Um, and then two, uh, you're telling them, you know, that that not only can you flex and change, but that you've been through it and you've been successful. Yeah, I think that's excellent. Uh, th excellent point, because I think that's going to be an interview question. What did you do during COVID, right? We've been talking about that amongst ourselves. But I think more importantly is not only, okay, here's what I've been doing during COVID. And let's be clear, it's only been a couple of months. But let me talk about what I have done that has been similar and that can actually help me lead better 
in this role. So it's turning the tables and talking more about your experience and talking about what you've been doing the last couple of weeks or months. Yeah. And I think it's, uh, you know, sometimes those things are unspoken, but when you're sitting across the table or in a zoom call with someone and you're, you know, 50 plus, you know, they're wondering, you know, is this person energetic? Is it, is this person rigid or flexible? Um, you know, can they flex and do they have the, you know, the, the agility that we're going to need from someone now that staff is reduced? And I think it's important to, you know, for all of us that are fi over 50, we've been through those big gigantic downturns in, in, in 2008, in 1998 to 2000, we've all been through those and we've learned a lot and can play a, a leadership So one thing you've been alluding to a couple of times is the uh, booming industries, industries that are actually doing very well now. Can you kind of give a little bit more insight around what those industries are so that people um, can start taking note on that? Yeah, I think it's, you know, you really think about it. It's, it's, it's almost anything that is, is happening online or, you know, those transitions that are being made online, everything from... Uh, all the e-commerce manufacturers that that you know a huge part of their business has moved um, online. Um, so uh, yeah, I think it's going to change a lot of uh, a lot of industries um, really forever. Uh, you know, specifically, you know, some of the things that came across have come across. You know, some of my clients that are working in sectors like fintech. Right. Most of that is happening online and it's all about financial technology. That market continues to boom. Um, uh, th there is no shortage if you're a professional uh, and with with tech background, there is no shortage of uh, opportunities continued for, you know, people with engineering and design backgrounds. Um, there are huge opportunities in online learning. Um, so everything from, you know, uh, developing your own curriculum of uh, an online class and something that you feel you're an expertise in and, and you know, posting it on uh, Udemy and or YouTube. Um, there are uh, anything that any business, if you are just, you know, you need a gig right now, there are dozens of companies, you know, looking for people to um, help in um, all of these industries that all of a sudden are, you know, living on the phone and on the computer. So call service center reps that pay, you know, if you if you're in a crunch, they pay twenty to thirty dollars an hour, and you can do that remotely. So it really spans the gamut from you know really senior level roles in industries that you know venture capital folks tend to you kind of. Look at those guys and, you know, people talk about them and they say, well, they've pulled back a little. But if you follow what they really do, they're investing a lot in a downturn. And so you think about the markets like online technology, online education, um, the sharing economy, you know, all of those sectors are uh, fintech, as I uh, as I mentioned to you, even in traditional companies that aren't doing well, like. The gap, um, well, the, the retail stores are obviously suffering, but, but guess which division's growing by leaps and bounds? Their e-commerce area. Right. 
So what's your thought around, you know, because you mentioned there are lower paying jobs and they're paying, you know, you know, if you're fortunate enough to get a job that's more in your wheelhouse and the salary that you want, great. But I've read a lot of articles that said, you know what, it's okay to have a stopgap and do something temporarily to get you through till you get to that perfect job or to, to no such thing as perfect, but to that job that you're really looking for. What are your thoughts around either, you know, taking that temporary job versus continuing to search for the job you really want? I think you have to do both. Um, I think you take the temporary job if you're, uh, I think for one of two, re- to, for, for probably two reasons. One, maybe you need a little bit of dough to stay out of your bank account. But two, it also, you know, keeps you active and keeps your brain focused on something else other than a job hunt, right? And as I said, you cannot, I mean, you really cannot job hunt 40 hours a week. It is, it will burn you out. And so I think, you know, something like that, um, you know, and if you jump online, there's a, and I can provide you and your listeners a bunch of um, kind of clearing houses for those types of jobs. But I mean, everything from insurance brokers to accountants to, I mean, there's just a huge number of opportunities. And I think what you do is try to set up your week so that you're doing something for 10 or 15 hours or 20 hours a week that you're, you know, connecting to the outside world. And then you also are um, continuing to parallel path. And and as I said, plant seeds for when um, this cloud kind of lifts a little more. Yeah, I, I guess I can say I am I'm taking that same mindset because I currently am working on a census project um, and it's obviously temporary because the census has a limited time, Yeah, but it has gotten me active and I'm working with a team, even though it's remotely, you know, and I'm looking and learning things around the census that I just would not have experienced before that. And it's definitely not going to be my permanent yeah. job, but I'm glad I'm doing well, it Well, and I think, you know. you know, that there's mm-hmm. two things with that. I mean, um, you know, one is obviously, you know, the, the more the easy one is, yeah, there's absolutely some more income there. But I think for at, at, at our age, especially, you know, we're looking for, you know, things that give us purpose and meaning and connection too, right? And um, even if it's a job like that, it's checking off um, a lot of those boxes. And, uh, you know, I know for a fact employers are asking people, you know, uh, so what have you been doing during this downturn? You've been either sitting on the couch eating Twinkies or have you taken any (laughs) online classes to, you know, um, you know, to bolster your experience in your given area or expand out into a different area? Which, Arnisha, you can speak to, right? Yeah, I have. I've taken some LinkedIn learning courses, and I find them to be pretty good. I mean, not everyone I've taken what I recommend, but most of them are very good. And um, I've learned something more from them. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, and I think it goes a long way. It's to your credit that, you know, you continue to stay curious and in a learning mode. I, I saw an article just recently I think that there were uh, the article was about 25 of the top courses uh, and these are credit courses, if you'd like 25 of the top courses that you can take across the top Ivy League schools for credit at no cost. Really? What? Please share that. (laughs) Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, please share that. Uh, So uh, I can forward a link on to... uh, uh, 
uh, to Micah and she can then forward it on to you guys and to your listeners if you'd like. That yes, please. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you got our Gen Z here really interested now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I think, you know, if you're list if you're thinking about things like that, there are platforms, especially like Coursera and Udemy, um, where you can, you know, look to, you know, bolster some skills. I mean, you know, if you're let's say you're into some sort of a quantitative role and you're really good at Excel, but you really feel like, you know, you've never had that time to really go in and dig into Excel and be an expert. Well, now would be the time to, you know, step up and, you know, make time for, um, you know, for that kind of thing. So this is, um, I have kind of a follow-up question to that. Um, This is something that I've been, uh, the dames have certainly heard me (laughs) talking about um, before, but how, as as folks are applying to jobs and and you know as we move to you know the the covid recovery mm-hmm. stage um how do, though do we take into account that truly though not everyone has that extra time um to be doing that and so there are you know people with you know kids they're taking care of other loved ones they're you know all of these different things so um kind of you know looking at that for a lot of people taking extra classes or whatever might be a luxury that they don't Mm -hmm. have. Um, So how do we make sure that we're not um, kind of over biasing towards um, all those people who happen to have the privilege and the luxury to do all those things versus people who didn't have that? I think that's a good question. Um, And, and, you know, the, the, um, the class was just an example, but, you know, today we're flooded with opportunities in terms of, uh, you know, there, there's actually classes on if you I'm an old timer, so I still subscribe to Comcast, but there are learning classes that are available on Comcast. There are um, there are huge, excuse me, a huge number of blogs that have evolved across industries on working more effectively remotely and learning in, I mean, just for example, um, uh, you know, I was a marketer and continue to do a little bit of marketing on the side. You know, there's a company called Contently and they have just been expanding their content out to, I mean, they've cranked it up significantly and see this as a chance to really um, give the, you know, there's usually a role in a content excuse me, in a marketing organization for a content manager, boy, they have really turned up the volume on, um, you know, their uh, content. I mean, and if you're old, really old fashioned, there are uh, a lot of books in every single, you know, uh, uh, field, uh, you know, in terms of whether it be technology or leadership or change. Um, and then finally, podcasts, right? I mean, I'll just, again, speaking from my world, um, you know, there are five or six just fantastic marketing uh, podcasts that range from, you know, overall high level business strategy all the way down to social media marketing, um, if that's an area that you feel like you need help with. So I think um, a long winded way of saying that there's a lot of different ways to learn for, for just about everybody, depending on, you know, your aptitude and your availability of time. Right. So it's almost like I was thinking if you want audiobooks, 
was great for people who were driving. So maybe it's you put that on in the background or you put the podcast on the background so that you could be doing other things, but you're taking in, you know, this other information in different ways. Maybe that is a way um, for those time crunch people. It it, it really is hard when you don't, when you don't have time. Yeah. Um, And and the podcast thing, if you've got kids in your house and you're playing, mom and educator and you know all these different things you know the podcasts are something that you know you can carry around and listen when you have time and like i said boy i just i'm just continually surprised by how whether you're in the travel industry or you're in marketing or you're in finance or banking or retail there's a great podcast for you that's going to kind of keep you up on trends and what's going on and i think you know, in the long run, that question is going to come up in an interview. Mm. That's great. I hadn't, even though here we are hosting a podcast, I had not even thought about podcasts. So great. <laughs> <laughs> Can't great tip. Great. <laughs> um, so, you know, before we close out, Steve, I just want you to kind of Given that we're, you know, looking at very various generations and obviously different mm-hmm. life stages, um, what are your thoughts? I, I know you, clearly your target has been over mm-hmm. 50, but, you know, for the millennial and the Gen Z, how would you advise them around this whole preparing for uh, job search and, you know, post or, or dur- outside yeah. recovery as, a, as opposed to post pandemic? That doesn't sound yeah. so good. But, you know, during the recovery, you know, what are your thoughts around how they can? Yeah, well, I'll start out with the markets that, you know, uh, with the demographics that I'm really much more intimate with, um, uh, which is kind of the 45, 50 plus market. And, you know, for those people, it's a lot of the things that I talked about leveraging your strength and your skill set and, and, you know, you know, really positioning yourself really clearly that you can be agile and flexible and come to this to the table with, um, you know, with a, a lot of great skills and that you are a continuous learner. I think that that is a skill that uh, companies are really looking for uh, in people uh, our age and, you know, things like, you know, lifelong curiosity and learning and being able to talk about things that demonstrate that. Um so that kind of covers that audience. I think, um, you know, when, when you talk about, um, you know, when you talk about millennials, I think, you know, from, from an online perspective, obviously these people are, you know, just, ju- I mean, you know, they grew up with a, a computer in their crib, right? And uh, they're much more. <laughs> not, not quite on, not yeah. quite on those millennials. Let's, let's put but that on. Much more, you know, generally, you know, generally agile that, than we are. And I think their strength yes. is also potentially their weakness, which is what I was talking about, which is there is a huge sea change right now going on. Um, and, and, and that desire will only be amplified by how by social distancing and how far we've kind of been pushed apart. Um, I think that the opportunity there for those people is to think about as much as they can getting offline. I know it's not time for coffee and, uh, you know, and lunch dates at this point, but to, to pick up the phone, the old fashioned phone and to have them 
really think about the idea of going through that same process if they have been, you know, let go or furloughed. Um, that I think their tendency, even more than our demographic, is to jump on the job boards, right? Um, and yeah. I think that that has to be fought every step of the way and that, you know, there are a lot of great books on networking. Uh, there's, there's a book called Networking for Nerds, Networking for, uh, you know, for people who net hate networking. But, you know, you guys know this from your experience. I think the number is something like 70% of all jobs are found through networking. And, yeah, and I don't think that's something that comes uh, particularly uh, naturally. To, to, it, networking comes very naturally online through, you know, platforms like Facebook and things like that. But that's a different kind of networking. So I think having, you know, that demographic really understand the benefits of, um, you know, the things we've discussed to creating a marketing plan, creating a positioning statement for themselves and making sure their time allocation is really much more where it should be, which is 30% of the time spent online and, you know, 70% of the time spent focused on reaching out to people that they know that work in companies they're interested in. Great. Um, Dane, did you have any uh, questions for Steve that I might have missed? Steve, yeah, I just have one more question. Um, you've mentioned some a lot of great things. You talked about education. You talked about building a marketing plan. Is there anything else that you'd recommend that um, we should prepare to do and as we get ready to go back into the into the work? Yeah, that's a good uh, that that's a good question. I think. Um, you know, one thing is looking at your search through this new, I often think about a job search and I think about, well, what are the filters that you have to kind of see through that you're, that you're taking into consideration as you, you know, develop your target market list. And one of the filters obviously is this current COVID situation that we talked about and what impact that has on your specific industry and your specific role, Right. And I also mm -hmm. think about uh, going back to the idea of if you have a specific skill set, um, you're incredibly strategic or you're a great problem solver or wh what have you. Some skills are, you know, universally uh, looked for and accepted. I try to emphasize people uh, to, em to, to people that if your industry, let, let's say you're in retail, is particularly hard hit, right? Um, and, mm -hmm. and those jobs aren't going to come back for, you know, a few months. Well, you've got a very particular skill set there that can be used in a lot of different ways. And most of those ways, there's remote customer service on the phone. And some of those roles pay better mm -hmm. than dedicated retail roles. Um, so, so I would mm -hmm. just think about, you know, adapting, um, you know, maybe, uh, you know, getting very much in touch with your skill set, and that's part of a marketing plan. And then if your industry mm -hmm. is in fact in trouble, then you decide, okay, well, maybe there's a part of my industry that's this happens to be flourishing as a result. And if there isn't, what industries or sectors might I focus on that you look at and you go, well, you know, um, 
you know, retail is a lot like um, hospitality and hospitality is going to come back or retail is a lot like, you know, just identifying those markets where you think about your skill set as being, you know, potentially very, um, very relevant and transferable. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Great. Thank you so much, Steve. Um, I, I definitely am going to listen to this again and take some more notes. And we are counting on you to send us the list of free yes. classes and books and resources <laughs> because we'll definitely add that to our, our website. And I know our listeners will definitely be interested in um, pursuing and exploring some of that. Yeah, absolutely. And there um, are uh, there's a whole gamut of both pay uh, – uh, free and paid, and there are uh, certificate programs, and then there are cre uh, cre credential and certificate programs. So I'll send you uh, a few notes on a few of those sources. Great. And just one last thing for our listeners to, you know, base just kind of wrapping up some of the things that Steve highlighted. It, you know, look at doing your marketing plan. Set some goals for yourself as to how you're going to network and how many hours a day and what does that look like and who you're going to reach out to um, having that contact, whether it be on the phone or, you know, email, but, you know, balancing that out, limit your time on job boards, keep that to the smallest percentage of your networking. And one thing that we really didn't talk about, but it keeps getting highlighted in uh, several articles that I've looked at, that I've read and that I agree with is make time yeah. for self-care and, and make yourself a priority because you can get so stressed out and so involved in this search for a job because of obvious reasons. We need money. <laughs> we want money. We want a job. We want fulfillment. But you got to take care of yourself because you don't want to come into an interview feeling and looking and yeah, that, desperate. Yeah, you want to be relaxed, so, right? So, so important. And that's, that's very, very, very sage advice. So I, I just want our listeners to remember those things. And um, you are going to find a job, whether it be something temporary that may turn into permanent or something you don't think you're interested in right now, but you just don't know. Give it a shot. And this time, it, this is time to, to try new things and do something you might not have thought you would have done. Yeah, otherwise. something close into what you've done before. And if I could make a recommendation that would be a nice um, adjunct to what you guys are doing, there's it's much more tactical in terms of like finding the job. But it's a fantastic podcast called Find Your Dream Job. And I can't recommend it highly enough. Um, it, 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 it gears, it, it, it kind of uh, is, is a bit more directed at, you know, mid-level folks. Uh, but I, you know, and you obviously want to go through, you know, the history of the subjects and find things that are relevant to you. But it's incredibly, incredibly well done. And it takes it to the next level of, you know, uh, what are the specific tactics that you're going to use in terms of finding that role? That's perfect. Well, that's a great note to end on. And I hope we all find our dream job. Uh, thank you, listeners. And um, till next time, until our next episode, have a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. If you have any questions, email us at dametalk4 at gmail.com. That's dametalk and the number four at gmail. 
To learn more about us and these topics, check out our website at dametalkpodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for listening. This is Dame Talk. We don't know everything, but we know enough.